there! I'm Hope from Unicorn Marketing Co. I'm your host and welcome to the Magic Hour. Hi friend! Welcome to the Magic Hour. That's annoying. <laughs> um, I'm excited to be chatting with Mariah Braun today. She is an incredible filmmaker located in Grand Prairie. We're just gonna bring her on. She recently launched her very own film called Able. There she is. Hey, Hello. I made Thank it. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, no problem. I'm so excited that you're here. You have such a relaxing voice. I could listen to you talk all day. <laughs> oh, that's such a great compliment. I always. <laughs> like you know we all have our own opinions of our own voice so <laughs> I mean I don't like it because I have to deal with it all the time but it's nice that you uh, enjoy it <laughs> I love it I'm so glad that you're here on the magic hour um why don't you tell us a little about yourself Mariah so my name is Mariah Braun uh I am a indie filmmaker and content creator and I live in Grand Prairie Alberta um, lived here almost my whole life, um, oh, and I, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, actually, in Grand Prairie, we call those unicorns, surprisingly, because everyone. Well, you're also a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> I um, everyone is from somewhere else here in Grand Prairie, it seems. So there's not too many uh, born and raised Grand Prairieans. So. Mm. Um, yeah, and I own a marketing agency called M3M Marketing, uh, and we help uh, small businesses uh, create creative content. So we collaborate with them in order to do that. So, yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Well, I heard that you just released your exciting film, Able, and tell us a bit of your background. How did you get into the film industry? How did you become an indie filmmaker? Yeah, so it's kind of an interesting story. I was working in radio. I worked at a local radio station called Today FM. It's the local hit station here. And I was there to sell digital advertising. Uh, they wanted to kind of diversify those digital offerings that they had. And uh, the station GM, Grant Berg, uh, he um, was my manager. And he just set down a, a video camera on my desk and is like, well, here you go. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I guess I got to learn how to use this. And, you know, I had some experience with uh, photography. My mom is an avid photographer. She's always had like cameras around us. So I was very familiar with cameras too. Oh, always idolize them and stuff. So mm -hmm. I looked locally to see if there was any kind of workshops that were going on or anything that I could train myself to use this new piece of equipment um, and I found this one uh, it was being held by the local film uh, collective that we have here called Prima um, cool. yeah they were offering this free um, workshop and you know I thought oh I'll just go and I'll see if I can learn how some tricks on how to operate yeah. this and to my surprise, when I got there, it was like a full film set, like set up in this like workshop area with oh. and the boom and like everything, right? Way oh my more goodness. Right? Yeah. yeah, isn't that neat? Um, That's so cool. What a great experience for your first like immersive. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, go through and like. We got to try every different kind of station. You could try the lighting. You could try operating the camera. It was just really engaging. And I learned a lot. And there was actors there and stuff. And I went away from there thinking I was going to learn one thing. And it just made me curious about what filmmaking was even more, right? It just was like, mm -hmm. I really want to do that again, right? That so from there, I just started taking some college courses, video production courses, um, where they, you know, there was some practical components where you had to make your own film and work with others to make a film. And then from there, um, I just, I don't know, I got onto people's sets. I guess I met a lot of people through those courses and such and mm -hmm. other story hive sets, other people's story hives and got to, you know, be assistant, assistant director once. Um, hey. 
AD. Yeah, yeah. Then it just snowballed from there. It was like, my friends were like, you need to submit for a story hive now. Like, let's see your story. And so I gained the courage to kind of start applying to get funding for, for films. And here I am. Oh my goodness. This is amazing. I love that you had an expectation to like learn how to use a couple buttons on your camera. And then you go and you're immersed in this incredible creative world, meeting new people, finding out all the different technological things. And then now you're just like in love with it. And it's kind of just gravitating towards you. And you've just come out such a shining star in your community. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. That's so amazing. How long ago was that? That you when I first started, it had to have been in 2017 or so when I first started and stuff. And then I was awarded my first story hive in it had to have been 2020, (laughs) 2019, I guess, because we were doing filming during the pandemic. So, oh wow. So I got my first story hive then, and then my second one, Able, which is, you know, why we're here today. So she's why we're here. So what is Story Hive? For people who are not familiar with this funding process, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so Story Hive operates in British Columbia and Alberta. Mm-hmm. Um, and they basically seek to help emerging filmmakers. Now, by emerging, I mean people who have maybe never made a film before or maybe have a little bit of experience being on a set or they just have a story to tell. And, um, you know, they help filmmakers from BC and Alberta do that with this funding. Uh, they also provide uh, mentorship and training along with the funding with it. And really, they get you used to the process of making a film. They they get you to submit everything that you would need to kind of do in your pre-production in order to create a film or, you know, pitch a broadcaster or a distributor. Um, and then, you know, you go through the process. And if you're successful, you have all the tools in your toolbox to go and make the movie or make the film. So it's pretty powerful. They They help a lot of people that um, want to get in this space and uh, they have a very very good system of doing that and I think I'm I'm proof of their pudding I guess uh, really because I was totally green to all of this um, only in 2017 so oh my goodness and so you've had two selected winners I feel like that's rare because it's quite a competitive competition I'm lucky <laughs> I feel like oh I'm my goodness and you know they're very they're very inclusive uh, they want to see uh, people who are different, uh, differently abled, who are BIPOC, Indigenous, like, they want to see those um, filmmakers have a chance too, right? So they that's part mm-hmm. of the um, And, you know, yeah, I'm very lucky. It's a, it's a competitive space. Obviously, they get probably hundreds and hundreds of applicants. Uh, but yeah, I'm very lucky to have had two opportunities to make a film. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite aspect about being a filmmaker? Now that you have all this experience, what are the things that you love the most when you're on set? Yeah, that's, it's hard to narrow it down just to one, but I think Mm -hmm. it's connecting with people to be, if I was to just like condense it down to one boiled thing, it would be connecting with people, whether it's uh, the subjects or the interviewees that we have in the documentary. Um, or the people that are on my crew and just developing relationships that way. That's probably the the biggest thing I love about filmmaking. And it's just this journey that it's, you can never predict it. You think you know what's going to happen or you think you know where you want your storyline to go. And especially in that short documentary form, uh, mm-hmm. you follow the story, uh, uh, you know, for quite some time like you know it took us a year to make able essentially um and you have to condense it down into this 25 minute thing and you're just like you want to add these things in and you have to kind of be a little ruthless in terms of what you cut because it's a short format uh there's you have to get across your message in a very short amount of time uh and make mm-hmm. the so it's it's extremely challenging uh, to make your own film, um, 
challenging on yourself, challenging your leadership skills and your technical skills. And I think that's what makes it kind of exciting for me. Ooh, we have a question from the audience. Hello. What was the most eye-opening or, oh, I never knew they did it like that when you started to work on films. What kind of experiences did you find? <laughs> that's a tough one. I guess it is that magic, that movie magic. Mm -hmm. that I never think about um, that you would need to have happen in order to get certain shots. I think that's the mm -hmm. um yeah, and then just the things that don't end up making it in the film, I think, is, uh, you know, from a director's perspective, the things that you leave out, the things are, that you think about, like, what if I included that? What if the story went a little bit in a different direction? Those kind of things. So, yeah, I'd probably say it's those, like, weird things that you have to do to make a shot work. And I'm sure there are so many, like having your creative brain think about how you're going to capture it in just the right way. It's probably nothing like what we expect. It's not just a camera panning. Maybe you have a camera like on something that's rolling below somebody's legs or you're really yeah. up high. I can yeah. only imagine. <laughs> he, our director of photographer, I think at one point had his camera on like just um, like a cloth like a kitchen cloth and and basically he put it against the ground and he was just like following Keisha a certain way and it, it's just like I would have never thought of that to get that yeah. that is so cool <laughs> amazing so when you're coming up with your idea for Abel what was that process like when you were applying for Story Hive when you were kind of putting your board together of what the story is going to become yeah, well, initially, you know, Story Hive made a call out. They wanted to hear about local heroes in different uh, parts of BC and Alberta. So mm -hmm. I went online, of course, uh, because, you know, that's where people hang out these days. And they, um, you know, Grand Prairie is a very loving community. And, and we have a lot of heroes here, to be honest. But I wanted to see who people were talking about. And so I just... Uh, did some research and stumbled upon Keisha's story. Uh, and that is the main subject of uh, Abel. Um, mm -hmm. He is a C5, C6 quadriplegic woman, uh, 25 years old. Uh, at the age of 17, she was in a pretty bad accident uh, that um, ended up causing her to be a C5, C6 quadriplegic. And essentially, uh, ever since, like, I, I looked at her story and she just had so many people engaging with her and um, who were gravitated towards her story, right? And so she, she had her YouTube channel. She's a content creator. Oh, and, cool. and yeah, I just reached out to her. Like, it was the modern day cold call. Like, get on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Popping in the DMs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and was totally like hey you know I came across your story I it seems to be resonating with a lot of people I was wondering if you would like to chat about uh, possibly capturing your story on film and she was so open to it um, at first she of course she's like hey is this real like mm -hmm. really messaging me? <laughs> Wait, are you are you scammer <laughs> what's going on <laughs> totally yeah. right so and, you know, the process uh, for applying to StoryHive, I mean, I had been through it once before, so I kind of knew what to expect. But, mm -hmm. you know, they get you to write a log line, a synopsis. They they get you to to write a treatment, uh, which is like a script, essentially. Mm -hmm. for and, yeah, they, they give you, they ask for all the things that you would need uh, to make the film. So after that, getting the funding, it's just like you have to hit go because they have some pretty tight timelines. Uh, you know, it, we say it takes a year for a 25-minute film, but it really does. It is a lot of work. Um, and it probably, it was probably a little bit longer than a year too um, by the end of it, all said and done, right? So wow, yeah. What was it like filming during the pandemic? Oh, that was the most challenging thing. Yeah. Um, we really, 
I had to be very selective with my crew. Um, you know, we found a really good core group of people and mm -hmm. we could only film with three people. Um, so, you know, usually on a set like this, it might be nice to have a fourth or even a fifth person. Um, mm -hmm. So we were double duty, you know, sometimes I had the sound and I had to hold a gimbal or vice versa. The DP maybe had the, the headset on monitoring. Yeah. Set. yeah. Um, it was challenging, but we, we tried to make it as safe as possible. Um, you know, we had to wear the PPE and we were limited to those people. And obviously we want to be careful about, um, you know, interacting with others. So, you know, I would choose between, you know, filming and seeing other people. A lot of the time when I was filming, I have to admit, I did not see many of my friends because I didn't want to inter uh, and possibly get people sick, right? So uh, that was really challenging. And we did have a shoot in Edmonton. Um, and actually, this is going to be like, this is the first time I've ever talked about this, but um, oh my goodness. <laughs> exclusive here. <laughs> We had a shoot in Edmonton. We were supposed to go, and we had like a ten-day break. And um, essentially, I found out that I got COVID, and I could not go to the Edmonton shoot that we had planned at Reu, uh, which is a rehab uh, facility in Edmonton that Keisha goes to. And um, so I had to direct through FaceTime. I know. Part of my film <laughs> through FaceTime. What? I had COVID. Right, <laughs> um, oh a friend, a director, or sorry, yeah, a director friend who was also a producer on the show. He went down instead of me. Shout out to Rue Jones. Thank you for saving my butt. <laughs> I so appreciate it. And my crew had my back 100%. And, uh, you know, it was a disappointing time because. It was probably one of the biggest shoots we had uh, planned for the entire film. And of course I wanted to be there for it. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, interest, it, was, it was very interesting. Um, but wow. We were safe. Way to adapt and yeah. persevere, bringing technology into it, popping on FaceTime. We have yeah. a comment that says, oh my God, that would have been so challenging. Yeah, it sounds pretty challenging <laughs> uh, yeah unreal it, yeah it was something big I had to overcome mentally and um you know we all have been affected by COVID in some way and um we and you know Keisha it's just funny because Keisha's story in itself just taught me that I can overcome that challenge right um mm -hmm. so yeah there's a lot of learning about yourself and life's many situations that you get into and challenges and yeah I overcame it uh, and everything ended up perfect so yeah oh my goodness incredible um so if there was someone out here listening who's just starting out in filmmaking what would you tell them hmm I would say if you are even just curious about uh, the filmmaking process or making your own film, just go out and do it. Uh, we almost mm -hmm. all of us have a cell phone now. And mm -hmm. um, if that's what you have to create um, your films, go for it. These iPhones are extremely powerful these days. Um, and I actually had my first mentor with StoryHive. Um, he made his entire film with an iPhone uh, and I believe it got on Amazon. So like nothing what? is these days. Um, yeah, it's like he, he completely makes films just with his iPhone and he loves it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And so just go out and create, I would say if, if you have an idea of a story or, or something you want to capture, just go do it. Just go try and see what worked, what didn't, and then just repeat that process and improve along the way, right? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just a huge learning experience, so, yeah. Definitely, I think that just overcoming the fear, letting go of the, like, can I do this kind of mentality, and doing it, just start, is the secret to anything, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Just start, for sure.
Yeah. So you talked a little bit about your um, interview person. What is the word? Interviewee. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Tell us about uh, the story of evil. What is your documentary? What is the storyline? What does it follow? Yeah, so it, it follows Keisha Master Demas, um, the main subject of the film. Um, it tells her story um, from, you know, the accident to um, overcoming that and, you know, I guess hearing that, you know, you're never going to walk again to this beautiful journey that she's gone through um, to become a community advocate for um, people with disabilities and accessibility and, and those things, right? So it's really a story of resilience. Um, I think maybe a lot of people, when they see the title and, 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 you know, the thumbnail and stuff that you could maybe draw some assumptions. But I think a lot of people were just shocked as to how relevant Keisha's story was to them, and maybe some of the challenges that they've been going through personally. So no matter who you are, uh, what walk of life you're from, I think everyone can take away some kind of resilience piece from, from Keisha's story. And, uh, you know, use it in our own lives, I guess, as I think we just all need a little bit of hope, especially right now. Uh, we all are in this moment of uh, radical change in life with COVID and all these things have happened. And we really just need to stay resilient as people, I think. And the story just, it came out at the perfect time, I think, um, wow. the world, so... Well, I have chills, definitely. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I can definitely agree that this is a story that we all need to hear in this day and age, year three of the pandemic. So much uncertainty, so much change has happened for all of us. It sounds like just the experience of creating this incredible film, too, was such a journey that helped you come to a lot of realizations. Yeah. Um, yeah, amazing. Is there any other messages that you were trying to resonate with your audience other than amazingly being resilient and <laughs> coming away with that? <laughs> well, um, another message is definitely um, because we also did a behind the scenes program, um, which you can totally view on Facebook and I should have it on YouTube shortly here. Um, and all of us able-bodied crew members spent some time in a wheelchair uh, for a day. So I directed uh, part of the film in a wheelchair uh, for a day. I experienced that and went through our city streets. And, you know, I did all the pro producer, like, kind of duties, I guess, uh, on an indie film anyways, um, and got the crew and, you know, in my wheelchair and navigated some of the tough um, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff you can look around and see. And if you aren't in that position, it's harder to see. I will say that it's harder to see until you're in that scenario yourself. So even like seeing myself in the reflection of some glass at a local business, seeing myself in the in the wheelchair and it was hard. There was like so many things that were like slanted curbs that I couldn't get over. And I just think these people, um, or there are people in general, uh, that experience this on a daily basis. <laughs> like I am just barely any lived experience. I'm just sitting in a chair for a couple hours. Um, and that's wow. nothing like doing this either for the rest of your life or temporarily or whatever the case may be. Um, yeah, and I just think that people need to look around, look at their surroundings. How can we make it more accessible for people? Um, how can we do better? Um, you know, it's it's not e even people with dis just people with disabilities. Uh, it could be a mom with a stroller that it, it makes them you know be able to walk around our city easier or or whatever the case yeah. easier. Um, and I know in Grand Prairie here, we have a local uh, grant that helps businesses even um, make those upgrades. Uh, it's called the Barrier Free Grant. And oh, great. that's a great way for businesses to, 
invest and and make their their place of business more accessible so that was definitely another key message um definitely one of those messages i hope uh got through and and also that she no matter what keisha was gonna end up doing in life she was always destined to connect with people and you could just see that spark um and i think a lot of people uh got that message i i've i've gotten a lot of feedback on that one too so um that resilience that's the main piece but there's all these other kind of storylines uh when you watch it you'll definitely see them wow i can only imagine to grand prairie being in alberta what i picture when i think of grand prairie is just like tons of snow yeah and it being cold and yeah i cannot imagine operating a wheelchair going along the sidewalk and what am i going to encounter oh my goodness Yeah, absolutely. The snow is like, I I didn't use the wheelchair during winter. So that was another thing that I did not get to experience. But I could only imagine trying to navigate the snow this year. There's so much ice and, you know, thing and, you know, getting cold again. And then the amount of snow that's in northern Alberta, for sure, it makes it challenging. So anything we can do to make it easier. Um, you know, I think one of our crew members in the interview in the behind the scenes footage he said you know if we can land rockets on the moon i think we can make it a little bit easier for people to get around in in on earth here um you know yes <laughs> so. i love this thinking i was going to ask like what other kinds of feedback did you hear from your team when they were experiencing this Oh, they, they didn't think about like all the things you have to plan out in your day. Um, and, you know, something simple as like, you know, our, our crew member, Jared went and played some basketball and just mm-hmm. that we are privileged to do every single day. Um, that it's seen from a lens when you're in a wheelchair. Um, if you're differently able, those kind of things. And um, a lot of them were just grateful for being able-bodied. Some of them came to those conclusions like, you know, I think we can make it more accessible around here. And um, yeah, and then like even our DP, uh, Dave, he's, he really tried to see the world uh, through his point of view, right? So getting down to the level and just seeing the world looks different you know you sit down you look around it it looks different from different perspectives and um mm-hmm. i think that's incredibly i mean it's awesome i love that it's just diverse um point of views and that we had the opportunity to kind of um observe keisha and 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 her point of views and yeah it's they just i think overall we just notice things that we haven't before which i think is a good experience to have it's incredible i'm so glad that you and your team could have that experience in addition to working on such an inspiring and incredible film it's amazing and that there sounds like there was a lot of growth for each and every one of you which to me i think that's so important just rather than to walk away unchanged after a project that's not my goal in life so yeah. I can, that's really incredible. Wow. <laughs> um, so your films help to showcase underrepresented individuals. How important is this to you? Um, and what have you learned during your filming? I think you covered this a little bit, but. Uh, yeah, that's okay. Um, yeah, I think it's important to me because I felt like an in- underrepresented individual myself in life I felt kind of like an outcast at times just feel different um you know growing up in Grand Prairie uh in my school like other than my brother there might have been a few other like colored people those kind of things so I just think I think everyone deserves a platform um you know, they deserve a voice, especially when they're doing something so wholesome like like Keisha is. And 
Um, I just think, yeah, when people are isolated in certain ways, whether it's, um, you know, being differently abled or you're categorized as different somehow, um, it just, it's a very alone feeling. And um, I think these kind of people deserve to be heard. I think that um, we deserve to have a voice and uh, I think it's important to support one another uh, through that. So, um, yeah, I guess, like, in terms of myself, even, like, I've always just felt like I wanted to be heard, right? So I feel like whenever I relate mm -hmm. to my interviewee about that, um, you know, they just want to be heard. They just want to hear. They just want to be heard um, mm -hmm. by other people. And they want to hear that other people have heard them, right? So... Mm. important oh, it's an important it's thing yeah it's beautiful you can have this medium to share stories and that you can connect people through this way I mean looking back at 2017 Mariah and to you now yeah. it's amazing so much growth oh my goodness and I feel like you probably come into your true creative self right now yeah, it's bizarre. I never thought I would be <laughs> in this spot. I don't know. It's just, but you feel like you're so at home uh, doing it. And that's when you know you just got to keep going. And you got to keep, you know, growing as a creator and better and meet new people and experience different uh, types of films and genres and all sorts of things. Yes. When you were filming Abel, how rigorously did you stick to the script and the storyboard? Did you switch anything up or did you learn things in your discussions with Keisha and then kind of change your story? Yeah, there was a little bit of like development in terms of um, even Keisha's message throughout it. Like, um, like I learned eventually that Keisha's goal was never to walk again, right? But you think that it's it's maybe an assumption that <laughs> that they would want to walk again or that Keisha wanted to walk Right, again. that they want to be healed. They want to be back to who they were before. But Keisha is comfortable with where she is now, right? Yeah, she loves her life mm -hmm. and um, she's making change. And I think that's what she's always been destined for. And that's what's the what is important that's the key point right um yeah <laughs> so, oh my goodness <laughs> yeah um <laughs> who are some of your role models and did you have any inspirations when you were working on abel mm. oh i wanted to say something about the script i'm gonna go back i'm yes. sorry go back go back that's okay. Rewind. <laughs> <laughs> Total rewind. Um, the script, so with a documentary, it's so hard to, like, script it out. Like, you have ideas for certain mm -hmm. shots, which is great for a storyboard and, and such like that. But, like, literally the story changes, and you have to be okay with that. Um, it's so hard to keep to a script, necessarily, or a treatment, even. Um, as everything evolves, like, the storyline changes, and... Yeah, so, I mean, I had a pretty good idea of where the story uh, was going, but, yeah, it had to be tweaked uh, and molded into buzz. Mm -hmm. Like, I think initially we wanted to kind of look at, like, rural accessibility, but honestly, the format is super short. Like, the only mm -hmm. aspect of rural um, accessibility was what had happened in Grand Prairie and Keisha's experiences and stuff like that. So... So that was definitely one thing that was, like, scrapped because it was too big. <laughs> you can't just, like, I don't know, talk about it a little bit and then just leave it. Like, you're, the audience is just going to be like, wait, what? <laughs> right? And yeah, whiplash. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what's going yeah. on? I want more of that, right? So mm -hmm. some sacrifices in terms of the content. You might want to, you know, especially the short format, you have a very limited time um to get a message across so a script 
in documentary almost probably never goes the same way. Uh, I'd be very surprised if it did, though. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Uh, okay, fast forward back to our yeah. other question. Who are some of the role models and inspiration that you used when you're working on this film that are both in the film world or just in regular everyday life? Hmm. Well, first of all, my mentor, Wendy, was incredible. Um, she opened my mind to so many different ideas, like even just having her as a sounding board. Um, when I was struggling to like piece together the story and such and she had um so she has so much ex industry experience and um she just she just pushed me to be better uh and she she helped me along the way which was incredibly inspiring and to this day she still you know messages me calls me making making sure things are mm -hmm and all those things um it's like a relationship that's totally priceless like i i could never repay her for uh, the amount of value she's created for me so that's definitely one person um and just keisha herself is just so she's just so inspiring um she, and every single time i talk to her we'll facetime sometimes and just talk and um hash it out like to see how our day is going like that's another friendship um mm glad for uh, and every single time I talk to her she me something new and that's uh, incredibly powerful but in terms of like filmmakers that might have inspired me I did see a uh, documentary locally here it was screened it's called Us and Them and I believe it was okay. uh, filmed in Vancouver um, it's been a while since cool. I've watched it but um, I should I should rent it again um, but the director <laughs> Krista Lawton and she um, she followed four homeless individuals people who were struggling uh, with homelessness or houselessness um, and you know it's the I think the log line is something along the lines of a woman sets out to help four homeless people but they end up helping her and oh. like the epitome of why I make films because I'm on a healing journey myself of learning about myself, overcoming traumas that I've experienced, those kind of things. So um, it was, it's, it's just one of those things I saw that and I was like, I want to be like that. I want to, I want to talk to people. I want to give them a platform. I want to connect with people. Um, so that was a huge thing. When I saw that screening, I was like, that's so interesting. I want to do that. I want to make a film about a topic, about people, and get their message out. Holy baloney, yeah. you are so inspiring. Oh. <laughs> I'm getting a little emotional just listening to you. <laughs> wow. Um, so you're an amazing champion for diversity and inclusion. How has this impacted your life? Um, well, like I said before, kind of, I've always just felt like an outsider and I just kind of wanted to be heard in some way. Um, and I guess just seeing, um, seeing people like myself, or I guess the lack of seeing people like myself in certain spaces and um, certain roles and those kind of things. Um, I, I would love to be that person to, you know, maybe there's a little girl out there um, who sees me making a film and they they think mm -hmm. to them, you can do this, right? Um, so yeah. diversity and inclusion is huge in my life. Um, I've always wanted to be accepted by people around me. Um, and obviously throughout life, that has changed and evolved, right? You know, it's great to see people rallying together for things like Black Lives Matter and things like that. That's happened uh, in, even in Grand Prairie, I think we had a thousand people uh, rally together. Um, so great. obviously conversations are happening, the, the change is happening. Uh, are we there yet? <laughs> um, with, you know, making sure our spaces are diverse and, and include all. Um, yeah, we have a lot of, I think, but um, it's good to see the progression. It's good to see 
the conversations are starting. Um, and it's, it's like films like this just allows you to open your mind to think about it a little bit more, right? Which is also, you know, one of my missions. I want people to think about different people. And, you know, diversity doesn't just have to be people with disabilities, BIPOC. It's different age groups. It's just people of different walks of life. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's important to bring to a team, uh, to our communities and, and all that. Um, yeah, I, it's huge in my life. It's it's something I want to advocate more for. Um, and And yeah, I hope that even if it just changes the mind of one individual, it'll be worth it. <laughs> I'm sure you already have. I am positive. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> um, well, that kind of goes into my next question. Um, do you think there is progress in the recent years looking at world events and looking at the Black Lives Matters movement and so on? And what do you think that we can do to be more inclusive? Yeah, I definitely think that there has been progressions. Um, I, like I said, I don't think we're there yet. I still think there's a lot of work to be done. Mm -hmm. Um, and that work, I really think it's just having conversations, uh, no matter, no matter what, it, everyone's journey is going to be different. Like you, the way that you, um, make change with it might be different the way I make change. Uh, it's all about the personal journey and how you want to make an impact on that. Um, and what you would like to learn about um, having conversations, you know, um, even, yeah, I just, I honestly think it's starting conversations. Like my friend and I for Black History Month, we always, um, you know, watch different films and talk about uh, different historic things about uh, certain Black History Month films. Um, and we start mm -hmm. conversations. We uh, support Black restaurant owners here in Grand Prairie. Um, we will do that. So it's, it's all a personal journey and what you think um, you're best suited, what your role is in that. And is it just learning a little bit more, educating yourself, or is it out there <laughs> pounding the pavement and, and making change that way? Or is it, you know, like someone like myself making a film uh, that might address that question or address those questions um, and those thoughts and provoke different thoughts, right? So it's that's such a hard question to answer because yeah. um, if if we knew the answer, I would hope that we were there already, right? So you'd yeah. hope, but here we are putting people on the moon, as you said. Yeah. <laughs> so you'd hope. <laughs> But yeah, absolutely. I think that having conversations even just like this is so important. And I really value your perspective. So thank you so much for sharing this yeah. with us and everyone listening. Um, but now I want to know, would you mind sharing some of the films that you've been watching for Black History Month? Would you have any recommendations? Oh, we've not started. I've been so behind. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Mary's probably like so bad. She's like she hasn't messaged me back with her list. <laughs> but I'm getting um, to it. <laughs> Mariah's exited the group chat. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sherry. <laughs> That's too funny. Uh, do you have any recommendations or resources that um, you would think that people should look into if they want to learn more about diversity? Yeah, like, especially Black History Month, obviously, February is Black History Month. Um, but with anything that's diversity or inclusion, I think there's a lot of um, online workshops that are going on or different panel discussions. Just sit in it, mm -hmm. listen and watch. And then mm -hmm. get that information, uh, see what actual people who are experiencing these things um, have to say and see if you can contribute to making uh, your community a better place. I think that's all you do, really. Um, you know, there's local libraries that do Black History Month things, like different panels and those kind of things. Read different books, listen to different stories, support Black-owned businesses. Um, mm -hmm. 
there's always something going on where you can educate yourself. We, we have this worldwide web that that's at our disposal, right? Um, and you can learn so many different things if you just open your mind, carve out a half hour, an hour to focus on it and, and learn something new. So, yes, so true. It's time to stop watching cat videos and it's time to search something different and educate yourself if you're listening. <laughs> Stop scroll yeah. time to turn or you yeah. could do hat pick by Pac, you know, you could go down the TikTok train, you know, find those kind of things. Oh my goodness, the TikTok <laughs> train. I could get sucked right in. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's like hours have gone by. Okay. 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 We're moving on. <laughs> time to get up and start my day. Um <laughs> So I would just love for you to have a space to share with us some of your greatest achievements to date. Mm. Tell us how amazing you are. I already know it. Everyone listening already knows it. So give yourself a little pat on the back. I mean, you've launched your second Story Hive documentary, which is incredible. Tell me what's yeah. going on with you. Yeah, so what's next for me is kind of um, I'm developing a film called The Heroes Project. So um, I did submit for the Black Creators. I was unsuccessful, but um, yeah. that's okay because I think I'm going to see what other kind of funding is available um, and see if I can develop that. I want to, this year, I'm kind of trying to do less. The The big motto is do less because making mm -hmm. two during a pandemic is pretty stressful <laughs> yeah I want to do something a little bit more artsy and get out in nature and um i i kind of want to experience uh, experiment with some soundscapes like capturing like wilderness and mm. certain, like landscape images and really focusing on the audio and um it sounds really artsy <laughs> probably nobody's no i love it i'm so into it but I um bit, one of the I, I love to fish and so we go to these remote places and i just want to capture the soundscape there so it sounds incredible yeah. one of the creative businesses that we work with um her name is stephanie patzula she's an artist of edmonton and she recently went to Iceland over December and did just that with her partner. And she was capturing the soundscapes of Iceland. Uh, okay. I need to connect with that. Yeah, that's yeah, I'll save you her profile <laughs> right after the this. Number one She's amazing. Check out. <laughs> oh, right? Amazing. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. She's incredible. Um, so tell us everything about Abel. Where can we find Abel online? Okay. Can we so, see it in the theater? Like, what's going on? So we have a little bit of a window between when um, Story Hive releases it in the summer and now yeah. uh, to do festival uh, runs. So right now we're just exploring what festivals we could submit to. So we don't have it public. But for mm. your followers, uh, they can just message me on Instagram and I will provide them with and a password to watch it. Um, so only the followers <laughs> of you. So they okay. only if you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah. So then okay. just message me, get in my DMS and I will send you a link and a password to watch it. It's a light watch at 25 minutes. Um, and I, you just have to let me know what you think of it after you watch it. Easy, done, homework achieved. <laughs> so are you submitting to festivals then? Yeah, I'm hoping we can. Uh, we've been looking at a couple mm. of questions. You know, festivals have um, some pretty strict rules on, you know, premieres and all these different things. So it's kind of another beast. Oh, interesting. I, I've not had a lot of experience in, so I'm going to check it out um, and see if there's any film fest that we are interested in and then yeah in the summer uh able will be available uh online right now it is available through telus optic tv so if you go to that oh. on section uh you can watch it there so um okay 
that is exclusive to TELUS Optic TV. Uh, but like I said, if you want to watch it online, just DM me and I'd be happy to give it to you. Amazing. What's it going to look like when Story Hive releases it? Do they do a big shabam? Yeah, they put it on their YouTube channel. Um, and yeah, they give us this year so that we can do the festivals because they have all those strict rules. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah. They definitely promote it. They promote the fact that, you know, another edition has been released, but they release quite a bit at once. So, yeah, you'll just have to mm -hmm. look for Able in there. Um, I will. They <laughs> it's pretty easy. Able is the title. Yeah. So just search it. Um, you know, I don't have an exact date yet, um, but it will be sometime this summer. Cool. And Abel has its own social platforms, I believe. Tell us where we can find it. Yeah, so you can follow us at AbelABFilm on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Facebook, you'll find that behind the scenes footage where all of us are <laughs> able body crew members are, you know, using a wheelchair and experiencing that for the first time. And then Keisha directs. Um, our interviews she asks us the interview questions and all that sort of stuff oh so yeah so a lot of perspectives happen there so i definitely recommend everyone check that out um yeah so you know instagram facebook you can find us there amazing awesome is there anything else you would like to add i've just asked you a zillion questions <laughs> no anything else so much for having me on, <laughs> on magic Everyone was Thank like, you. And like, I was just like, yeah, I'm super excited for Magic Hour because I've been following your account for a while now. And I just love um, Hello Unicorn and everything about you. And I love the chats. And you all are like the people I want to hang out with. So keep doing what you're Girl, doing. We'll be hanging out, I'm sure. Maybe <laughs> one day we'll come to Grand Prairie. I mean, I don't know, <laughs> but if I'll I do, I'll let you know. And if you're ever here in Vancouver, absolutely. I Vancouver every once in a while. Okay. So I'll okay. uh, find in your DMs and ask for a coffee. Yes, please. Oh, my goodness. I just have to share the story that you showed up on my Instagram because you heard of a magic hour with Neil, a past guest. And it's yeah. just like this beautiful amazing circle and now you're here and i am so so thrilled <laughs> Neil, this was great thanks for connecting yeah. great people with great people <laughs> good job neil <laughs> you are incredible so inspiring thank you so much for sharing your time with me this afternoon i am really excited to go watch abel um i really appreciate everything thank you no problem have a great day hope Yes, you too, my dear. Take care.